Good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here in a Spotify green room. Uh, today, we are talking about top tax saving tips for entrepreneurs. And our host here is Kenner French, CIO of Vast Holdings LLC. Good morning, Kenner. How are you? Awesome. I'm ready to rock it. I always enjoy these shows. You know, I always get uh, communication from uh, entrepreneurs who say, you know, that we've helped them lower their taxes and also prepare for retirement. So I'm, I love doing these and thanks for uh, thanks for helping out. Fantastic. Well, thank you for having me as well. So today, as mentioned, we are talking about top tax saving tips for entrepreneurs. I believe we have five that we want to mention today. If we have more time, we can mention a few others. But we do have five on the board as of now. Would you like to start with our uh, number five tip, qualified retirement plans, 401k? You bet. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will call into our office and say, hey, you know, the end of the year has already passed. Is there anything I can do to lower my tax liability? My tax professional did not give me, you know, guidance that I could have had, you know, last year. And sometimes the answer is yes. Believe it or not, if someone has no employees, even after the year has passed, you can put together a 401k or sometimes they're termed a solo 401k to lower tax liability. We did this a while back with a client who he extended his taxes, he you know had about a $5,000 tax liability. Well, very simply, we put together a solo 401k plan. He had no employees, so we went back, did his deferral, as it's called, uh, and then he ended up lowering his tax liability, so he had a zero tax liability. And that's a pretty simple fix. And yes, that's a qualified retirement plan. In that case, it was a 401k plan. You know, $5,000 might not be a lot to many people, but in his case, who knows? Maybe he can go out and put a, uh, you know, buy a car or at least, uh, you know, a down payment for a car. Uh, and there's other strategies you can utilize in 401ks as an example or defined benefit plans, which are also called qualified plans, where you can save a lot of money. Now, it doesn't even have to be after the year has ended. But in some cases, you know, we were dealing with an attorney just last or two weeks ago where, <clears throat> where he ended up putting in $200,000 into a defined benefit plan, again, a qualified retirement plan, ended up saving roughly $80,000 in taxes. So that's one option that a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about when trying to lower their tax liability. Again, qualified plans, in this case, defined benefit plan. So you can do a defined benefit plan, a 401k, profit sharing plan. Uh, you can do um, a cash balance plan. So there's a number of things that you can do to lower your tax liability in that realm. That's number five. Great. Thank you for that. 5,000. Well, that's a good chunk. Uh, our, how about our top uh, four tip for saving tips for entrepreneurs at 831? Yeah. A lot of people don't realize, I was just talking to two people yesterday. And by the way, what I should say is, you know, uh, uh, yeah, my name is Kenner French. I run vastsolutionsgroup.com. Uh, uh, I also, as you mentioned, um, run, uh, I'm the CIO for vastholdingsgroup.com, uh, where uh, all of our entities basically are, you know, trying to lower tax liability legally for business owners. And that's really what vastsolutionsgroup.com has been known for. You know, we do uh, tax finance and artificial intelligence to lower tax liability for business owners, again, legally, because uh, entrepreneurs sometimes forget. Well, you know, their biggest expense is, well, you guessed it, taxes. So that's what we try to do at vastsolutionsgroup.com. By the way, I also uh, write for Forbes. Uh, dot com. I'm a contributor to that publication. I've got two books out just to brag a little bit and I have a new one coming out here in just a little bit. Uh, so now what I would say is 
an 831B, as I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, an entrepreneur might have a lot of risk. One way of getting rid of risk is, you know, have an insurance company. You write premiums to an insurance company. That's a business deduction generally. Now, what I would also say is, well, if you put together your own insurance company, in effect, you have to abide by, you know, every regulation there is. We're talking tax. We're talking insurance uh, and a number of other regulations, banking, investments, et cetera, et cetera. But if you put together uh, your own 831B or captive, the premiums that go into that insurance company, basically, instead of writing a check to another insurance company that you do not own, you basically end up owning that insurance company. So the premiums are written to you and, and it's tax deductible. Now, there's a lot of compliance that has to go with it. But the nice thing is you write a check. I'm making this up. Let's just say for a million dollars to be very simple. And your tax bracket is to pretend. 33%, you would save in that example, $330,000, again, $330,000 roughly by writing that premium check to the insurance company you own. You don't have to write it to another company where you say goodbye to that money. Instead, it goes to a company you own. Plus, you move the risk off your shoulders. It's nice as a business owner because, well, you might have a litigation risk, a regulatory risk, all number of... Um, risk factors that you want to move to another company. In this case, you own that other company. And again, that's the tax code of 831B or captive. Makes it really nice. You have to be very, 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 very cognizant of what's going on as far as compliance. But man, if you're running that as a true to life insurance company, which it should be, you're in really good shape if you're trying to lower your taxes and uh, mitigate risk. Two really nice things as an entrepreneur. Yes, great. Yes, FastSolutionsGroup.com, I do believe, is um, upcoming in forefront in AI uh, intelligence there for taxes and finance. How about we jump to the top uh, three tip for uh, Roth IRA? Yeah, it's incredible that a lot of people don't take advantage of Roth conversions. Now, let's take a step back. Um, so what is, uh, when you put money into a qualified plan, as an example, I outlined in number five, what's the tax consideration? Well, for one, you're putting money into your own pocket, number one. Now, the government gives you money for putting money into your own pocket, generally speaking, if it's a, let's say, a traditional IRA, a 401k, etc. Now, the nice thing is they give you money via a deduction. The government says, ah, if you're going to put away, let's say, $1,000 into, a, let's say, an IRA. You put away $1,000 into an IRA, as long as you abide by all the rules and regulations, you get a deduction, let's just say, making up a number, I, mean, I said before, 33%. On $1,000, you get to save $333. That's nice, right? I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Uh, put away, yeah, if you put away $1,000, it's $333. I might have misstated that. So the nice thing there is, well, what happens? You don't have to give Uncle Sam $333 out of that $1,000. The full $1,000 goes into the account if it's a traditional IRA, right? And then it grows tax-free, and then when you pull it out, it's tax-deferred, okay? So when do you pay your taxes? Well, at the end of the day, when you're, as long as you've abided by the rules and regulations, as the IRS outlines, you pay your taxes down the road. If you're, let's say, six years old, you pull the money out, whatever your tax rate is at that point, that's your tax rate. That's what you have to give to Uncle Sam. So you get a deduction on the way in when you do your deferral or uh, your contribution. It grows tax-free. You pull it out. That's when you pay the taxes. That's a traditional, let's say, an IRA. 
you know, individual retirement arrangement. Now, at the same time, the exact opposite would occur on a Roth IRA. What happens on a Roth IRA? Instead of you getting money from the government, in this example, on $1,000, $333 would, well, be taken by the government because that's your tax rate. You have to write a check, in effect, to the government for $333. Now, your $1,000 is subtracted by that $333. So you have less money going in the account. Now, what happens? It grows tax-free, and when you pull it out, it's the exact inverse or the opposite for the traditional IRA. You do not have to pay taxes. Well, it's grown tax-free. As I mentioned, you pull it out tax-free. You've already paid your taxes on it. Now, let's say your tax rate is low. Let's just say in this year, 2021, 2022, whatever the number is. Let's say your tax rate is low. Well, what happens? You're paying a small amount of taxes because your tax rate's lower, but then it grows and grows and grows. Pull it out. Again, if it's a Roth IRA, let's say, pull it out. It's tax-free. Now, if you have a bunch of money saved up in a traditional IRA, maybe through a rollover, or you've just put in a lot of money into your IRA, right? And you say, huh, it's, I'm not going to have a big tax liability this year, maybe because of COVID or, you know, taking some time off work or what have you. Your tax rate's low. So you can move your money from your traditional IRA and do a conversion, move it to the Roth IRA, pay a little bit of taxes, Right, But at the same time, when it grows, it's going to grow, as I mentioned, tax-free. And when we pull it out, tax-free. So that's what we suggest in a lot of cases. And that's why we would suggest that to be the number three best tax tip for an entrepreneur. A lot of people should look at Roth conversions depending on the circumstance. They should be meeting with their tax professional. Really, really what we would say, if not every year, at least every quarter to see if a Roth conversion would work for you, the entrepreneur. Because in a lot of cases... Taking advantage of that Roth conversion can save a lot of money. It's a great tax move. Thank you for our number three tip. Uh, we'd like to move on to our uh, number two tip of 453. Yeah, this is a big one. So, you know, I was just talking to someone last week, um, and his thought was, well, I've had a huge run-up in my company. And when I say huge, I mean really big, right? So his consideration is, well, you know, I put hardly any money in. Into, I have a low basis, as they call it. So let's just say, as an example, someone put in a million dollars to their company. And now it's worth making up a total example of, well, let's just say $10 million. So that's a big capital gain because it started out at a million and now it's worth $10 million, right? Woo, that's a good gain. We have to pay the taxes on the difference between the first number and the number that you're selling at. In my example, $10 million. So you might not, as an entrepreneur or as an investor, want to pay the difference because you have to pay a tax on it depending on the circumstance, right? It would be a long-term capital gain in my example. Now, well, there's one way of kind of deferring the gain. So you can do a 453A. So what, what happens is you basically have your gain instead of uh, paying the taxes all at once, you get to spread out the payment. So the nice thing there is you can mitigate your taxes based on the scenario. So you can say, oh, over 30 years, I'm going to pay the taxes. So what happens? You dissipate the taxes because you don't have to pay the taxes all at once. And what you're doing is you're investing the money now to hopefully be able to put away money later to pay for the taxes. So in some cases, you could <laughs> lower your tax liability by well, sometimes as much as, you know, 
30, 40% because again, what you're doing is you're dissipating your tax payments out over a maximum of 30 years. So that's one strategy for a small business owner who's looking to exit their company and they want to lower their uh, capital gains tax. Well, again, they could spread out the payments over as many as 30 years. And that ends up being very, very favorable depending on the circumstance. Fantastic. Um, so before we get to our a number one tax tip, would you like to give us a background on your next book? I believe that is coming out here in August. You better be, Oh, thanks. I love that you asked. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, looking at taxes and family wealth and also uh, really, really kind of the specifics of Warren Buffett. So what we did was we sat or I sat and kind of figured out, hey, it's time to do some research on Warren Buffett. You know, someone would say, wow, he's been around for a while. He's been an investor, the Oracle of Omaha for so many years. Is there really research that can be done that has not already entered the public domain? And I found that there's a lot of things out there from my research with uh, respect to Warren Buffett that is not out there. So I'm kind of combining one taxes because he's one of the master's as far as tax mitigation, believe it or not, for entrepreneurs, and then also for wealth creation and also some of his investment insights. And I think combining those things is going to make for a powerful, powerful tome for the information that's out there for entrepreneurs. A lot of people should be looking at what he's doing on a tax basis versus just an investment basis. Um, I'm excited for it to come out. We're already getting great reviews from the few people who've uh, uh, looked into the book. And what I would say is, as a bonus here, if someone emails me, if someone emails me, they will get a free copy. Um, if they go to rkennerfrench.com, again, rkennerfrench.com, let them know that they were uh, a part of the podcast. They've listened to the podcast. We will get them a free copy of the Family Wealth Manifesto. Again, rkennerfrench.com. Great. Again, yes, rkennerfrench.com and uh, sign up for your free book. Again, it's coming out in August. And now let's go to your uh, number one tax tip uh, for entrepreneurs, R&D tax credits, I believe is research and development. How could uh, entrepreneurs use that to save a lot of? Yeah, so many people forget this. So many tax professionals forget this. We just saved a client $300,000 by suggesting an R&D tax credit. So what did we do? It's very simple. So basically, we looked at what he as an entrepreneur was doing to kind of change the technology out that's not already in the public domain. The second time I've mentioned that term. So what did we do? We looked at all the specifics that he has been doing and his company has been doing that's kind of unique. It's pushing the envelope. It's research and development that otherwise isn't being done by the marketplace. And it, truly, you don't even have to apply proactively to the government. You basically tell the government, well, okay, we've been doing this uh, research and development. This is one way that you can, um, uh, you can potentially lower your tax liability because no one else is doing this. And it's a simple uh, couple forms with the IRS indicating that, well, we're doing this R&D research and development, and then basically you get a tax credit for it. Now, what I would say is uh, it's a lengthy, uh, it's, a, it's a relatively lengthy process, but the form is relatively easy, and a lot of people do not realize that it's one way to lower tax liability in great fashion. Now, what I would also say, one thing to really consider, and really people really have to have it driven home, that 
that they have got to go to their tax provider or they can contact us, either one, um, and, and proactively do it because a lot of tax professionals do not do this, leave money on the table, basically, or basically saying to the taxpayer, well, wow, uh, we've forgotten about it. Don't let your tax provider forget about it. Now, this is really, really one way that you've got to really uh, explain a little bit, a little bit to the tax professional. Well, you know, we've been doing this work, which isn't being done out there in the marketplace, and it can lower my tax liability because a lot of people, again, do forget this. Now, what I would say is you can get the ball rolling by checking us out on the web at vastsolutionsgroup.com. Again, vastsolutionsgroup.com. We do a one-hour preliminary review of the R&D possibility or the R&D tax credit possibility for an entrepreneur because, again, there's a lot of times that we found that people have left money on the table that the government truly wants wants to give you because you've been doing this research, this development that pushes the envelope that actually helps propel the economic engine of the United States moving forward. Now, it's also true of states. Some of the states in our union also have R&D tax credits. So there's a lot of ways one could lower tax liability in this regard, not only state, but also federal level, two ways that people really should be thinking about because they're pushing the envelope as far as R&D research credits. Now, what I would also say is, you know, in closing, you know, whether you're doing qualified plans, whether you're doing, you know, 831Bs or captives, whether you're doing Roth conversions, whether you're doing 453As or research and development credits, what you should be doing is talking to your tax provider because your tax provider, if they don't know enough about these, well, at least it's, it's, you're putting it on on their plate. You're reminding them that you're thinking proactively about some of these tax uh, tax provisions or tax strategies that can lower your tax liability. Now, what I would also say in closing, you really should be meeting with your tax provider, at least on an annual basis, really even more often, maybe a quarterly uh, basis. So really you could strategize going forward versus April 15th comes, this is your tax liability. What you should do is look forward look at your tax liability for the go forward year because you can put things in place qualified plans or 31b's roth conversions tax r&d tax credits or potentially even a 453a if you're selling your business versus looking backwards and saying april 15th ah i gotta write a check for x well if you look forward mitigate taxes on a proactive basis you'll be happier you didn't sometimes yeah you will have to pay money to meet with your tax provider as an example, but who knows? It might be in your best interest because if you're willing to spend, let's just say, I don't know, $500, $2,000 a year doing some proactive planning, it could save you hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. Well, we want to thank you again for joining us today, Kenner, and the Tax and Finance Show. And Today's room was about top tax saving tips for entrepreneurs, and I hope you join us for our next show. Have a great day. Thank you. Totally appreciate it.